welcome to episode 66 of the G-Man Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ben Beccarelli, and today I am joined, as basically always at this point, by with Dylan Lasser. Yeah, uh, now should it really come as any surprise? Uh, but at this point, probably not. I got to say, I don't think I've ever been this excited for one of our podcasts. Yeah, this is um, a very, very fun draft. One of the better drafts we've seen all time, really. Um, and this is was pretty fun to uh, put together. We can basically um, get into it here after a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the G-Man Journal is brought to you by Chris J. Vaccarelli. If you're a small business and you're looking for an account to help with your tax needs, call Chris J. Vaccarelli CPA. Chris J. Vaccarelli, you don't forget about the little guys. Big thanks to him for uh, sponsoring this episode and supporting this podcast as always. And uh, without further ado, we can really get into it here. Yeah. Now, with the first pick, the Texans, who were 12-4 and four the past season in 2012, uh, then they started the season off 2-0. and oh. And then Matt Schaub really fell apart. They lost 14 straight games. Uh, they had the first pick. Now, Jadavion Clowney was most likely the obvious first pick. Um, I think there were people who thought Khalil Mack would be the pick here. He fell to five, but but I think it was Clowney. Now, with this pick, the Texans select Aaron Donald. Yeah, same pick here for me. A guy who's dominated um, on the defensive end, wrecking offensive lines for quite a while now. Now, um, Clowney, as you mentioned, Dill went one in the real draft. Um, but uh, Donald here is the pick for both of us. Certainly, you could make the case for Khalil Mack um, here with this pick. I don't think – I don't – I wouldn't completely disagree with you. I just think um, Donald has, um, has maybe had a little bit better of a career, in my opinion. Yeah, um – my problem with Mac, or or a, a problem that people have with Mac, is that he's never really been on a good defense, so or or a good team either. So it hasn't really been showcased. I mean, Aaron Donald, no matter how bad the Rams were, that those defenses were usually pretty good. So I think that definitely benefited him when when being seen as a great defensive player. I personally was going to give it to Mac, and then I just decided to change my mind because. Uh, because I think Donald really is the better player, no matter how close of a battle it is. Uh, yep, completely agree. Now we will move on to the Rams pick, where in real life they blew this pick, to to say the least. Um, with Greg Robinson, um, in real life, uh, he's one of the worst tackles we've seen. Um, period. Um, he had showed some potential early on in his career and then really fell, fell apart. Um, and here they get um, to redeem themselves um, with me as they go with Khalil Mack here in my redraft. Now, this would benefit them tremendously um, to not have Greg Robinson continue to blow blocks and things like that on their offensive line for many years. So, yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I think – the Rams were selecting two and thirteen, almost have to come out of this draft getting worse. Now, now if you're getting Khalil Mack, which I have them selecting as well, and another good player, or I don't really have them selecting a good player, but a need, uh, then maybe that's better than getting Aaron Donald. But but depending on how much better you think Aaron Donald is than Khalil Mack, this, this draft kind of has to be a loss already. Um. Yeah. 
I would agree. We'll move on to the third pick where the Jaguars uh, are on the clock. Now, with this pick, the Jaguars kind of continued. Like, they could have helped themselves with this pick. Now, if they were going to go quarterback, then they probably were not going to be helping themselves because the two key options, or the two best options, were Blake Bortles and Johnny Manziel. Now, neither of those guys really turned out too great. Um, and the guy who they did select in Bortles kind of turned out better. Now, Bortles is terrible, so I think you find a mid or a late-round gem here in, in some sense. You could argue that it's a gem. I think the Jags go quarterback again, select Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah, Jimmy G goes um, just a couple picks later for me. Um, he um, was in, uh, obviously a longtime backup um, in New England under Brady and then really emerged um, once he was traded to San Francisco and was the full-time starter there. He had the injury that threw him off a little bit, but then he had a, a solid year this year um, as he led them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think he is the only um, – or he is the only quarterback in this draft class who has been the starting quarterback on a Super Bowl um, team. He probably would have been the Super Bowl MVP if it wasn't for um, – Patrick Mahomes and that whole Chiefs heroics in the last six minutes. So I think Garoppolo has had a more successful career, obviously, than uh, you would think of him, considering he was a late pick. But but I think those Patriots years really helped him. So maybe if you're being the starting quarterback from day one, which he probably ends up being, then, then maybe you don't end up having a good career. So we would see with that. Uh, so with the fourth pick. Or no, I still have to give my three here. Oh, right. Um, my three is a longtime giant in Odell Beckham Jr. Now, in terms of talent, um, I think that this is the pick. But in terms of, you know, character and being, you know, ha- always needing attention um, and, and things like that, as we saw so many times in New York, um, then maybe it's not your ideal pick. But I think maybe... Um, I, although I, I think going inside the top five, the top three for that matter, I think only boosts Beckham's ego. So maybe this isn't exactly what you want if you're the Jags. But I think if we're just doing this in terms of, you know, the, the pure talent and and the, the football skill, then I think Beckham makes sense here. Yeah, I if we're looking at talent, I'm still not sure Odell is the best receiver on the board. Now... Not to mention, he. I have been taking a bit of a tumble because I have two receivers being selected above them. One I already regret. The other one I do not regret. Um, you will find out which ones those are when we move on to the fourth pick where I have the Bills selecting Mike Evans. What about you? Yeah, I have the Bills here going with Zach Martin. Um, I think... Uh, Mike Evans makes sense. As you said, he is one of two um, receivers that that you have going over Odell. Um, we will move right along here to five where the Raiders are on the clock. Yeah, now the Raiders going an edge rusher, the end, whatever you want to call him, in Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, all right. So um, here at five to the Raiders, I have them also going with an edge rusher, um, although a different one than you in Jadevian Clowney. Now, this yeah, is by guy... the way, by the way, fourth pick, Bills traded up, selected Sammy Watkins, five 
Raiders um, selected Khalil Mack. Yeah. Um, anyway, so five where I have the Raiders going with Jadavion Clowney, obviously. He's a guy who has somewhat been plagued by injury, but when he has been fully healthy and been at his best, he's been an all-league performer. Um, I think, you know, he went one, um, and he's had a solid career. Um, but I think, I th- I mean, uh, he's a three-time Pro Bowler, right? There, there's not much else you need to say. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think um, Lawrence makes sense. You could probably debate over who is the second-best edge rusher in this class. I don't have him going too much later, just a few picks later. Um, we will move on here to six to the Falcons, where in real life they went with Jake Matthews. Not a terrible pick. Um, but here, I think that they improve a little bit um, and go with Jimmy J. Yeah. Just to go back to your Raiders pick for a sec, um, Jadavion Clowney was such a good prospect that he went number one and he was a defensive player. Now, nothing against defensive players going number one, but that's not usually the ideal pick. You want to right. um, get a guy offensively that you can really build your franchise around. Now, Clowney, when you look at his um, his whole football career, when you go back on it at the end, unless something miraculous happens, the play he will be remembered for is that ridiculous play in the Outback Bowl against Michigan where he destroyed a guy and knocked his helmet off. Now, although that wasn't some beneficial, really, play, it was still a monster hit. And, and that's really what started Garoppolo's number one pick campaign, or Clowney's number one pick campaign. Uh, I was thinking about who you have the Falcons selecting in Garoppolo. Um, yeah, we will move right along here to seven to the box. No, I didn't say who. Oh, sorry. Had My bad. Six pick, the Falcons. We're going to have them going offensive line again, not the same position, but still offensive line in Zach Martin. Yeah, obviously I had him going four. You have him going six. Not an incredible amount of difference. Um, Martin has been rock solid on the Cowboys offensive line, um, has been on one of what has been one of the better offensive lines in football throughout this decade, if you want to call it that. Um, and so I think that that's a good pick for the Falcons. Obviously offensive line was a need as they went with a tackle in Jake Matthews, um, a guard, um, not too much difference there. Um, we will move right along here to seven to the Bucks where I have them going with um, the other um, edge rusher that I was talking slightly about when um, with the Raiders pick, um, and I have them going here with DeMarcus Lawrence. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I obviously had him going at five. For my pick, I think the Bucks go receiver again. Now, I had um, a different receiver, but I changed it just because I was getting annoyed by it. I think the Buccaneers select Odell. Um, yeah, I have um, – the or I, yeah, so I had the Bucks going to Marcus Lawrence. They went Mike Evans here in real life, and I was heavily considering um, keeping him there. Um, if we move on to eight here, I have the I have them take I have the Browns. Sorry, taking Mike Evans. Um, I think um, Odell certainly works. Um, just basically a replacement of wide receivers there. Um, you can give your eight here. Yeah, with the eighth pick, I have the Browns also going wide receiver now. Although he hasn't came on as strong until recent years, he has still always been a consistently good player. Right. I think the Browns, who took Justin Gilbert, who is 
probably the biggest non-Greg Robinson boss of this draft, select Devontae Adams. Um, yeah, I like that. Two receivers um, for me, or for both of us, I apologize. Um, Devontae Adams goes just a few picks later for me. We can move right along here to nine to the Vikings, where in real life they went with Anthony Barr, um, and I think they stick with that pick here. Yeah, I do as well. Now, that is the first one since one and two that we've agreed on. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I think Anthony Barr has really made his career upon, like, uh, versatility and uh, extremely speedy linebacker. He's very good um, re- pretty much from day one. Right. Now, who we do you have be- going number 10 to the Lions? Ten to the Lions. I have them going with Taylor Lewain here, um, tackle out of uh, Michigan. In real life here, the Lions went with Eric Ebron. Um, not necessarily a bust, um, but I think not exactly what you want um, in the top ten. It's rare to see um, tight ends go so high, so I think maybe in that sense, maybe it's a blown pick um, by the Lions. But either way, I have them going with um, Taylor Lewain here. Yeah, I um, have them going, a guy who you have going, number five, in Jadavion Clowney. Now, this is probably a no-brainer. Maybe I let him slip a bit too much. I think the argument is there that he is the second-best edge rusher in this draft behind Khalil Mack, if you want to call him an edge rusher. Uh, once again, his versatility is there. I already explained a lot about Clowney, so we will move on to the 11th pick right the Titans, selecting Taylor Lewis. Yeah, I have the Titans here going with Devontae Adams, a guy you had going um, just a few picks earlier. Um, Adams, as you said, has come on strong for sure over the last couple of years, but has always been consistent, um, but has really emerged as that standout number one guy for Rodgers with the Packers. Um, I think we can move along to 12 to the Giants, where they went with Odell that worked for them um, until it didn't um, in some sense. Um, I think they um, go with a different guy here as they go with Jake Matthews as they start to rebuild that offensive line. Yeah, that we never really saw until this year. Um, or, I mean, and the year after with Eric Flowers, but, but really from the start, maybe you should have been uh, selecting offensive tackles. Now, I think the pick here at number 12 in real life would have been Zach Martin just because I think he ends up helping more than Odell does, but he's long off the board for both of us, so I think they also go with Jake Matthews. Yeah. All right, we can move right along to 13 where the Rams um, selected Aaron Donald in real life. Um, A terrific, terrific pick for them. I think that they stick with the defensive line and go with D4 here. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I think D4 – is a very solid player. I have him going a few picks later. Um, I have the Rams going quarterback here. Now, I don't think this is a worthy for his position, but, but I mean, considering the quarterbacks for, like, the next few years were, were Sam Bradford and Nick Foles and Case Keenum until you, uh, you quote-unquote, won the Goff lottery, even though he really has not been that good either. Uh, I think they go quarterback. Maybe it helps them long-term in Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I have him going a few picks later. Um, Goff is a guy who 
has had in a career has been somewhat con- has been consistent as a starter. Um, and it seems like every year we're we're waiting for that breakout year, and it's like, oh, well, now he's now he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's been consistent his whole career. This is the year he's going to break out, and it seems like we've been saying that since 2017, 2018, and everyone continues to say it, and it just seems like we've we've never really seen it um, out of him. Um, but you never know. Maybe he breaks out earlier with the Rams, or maybe he has a better career. Um, again, in, in this made-up world, anything can really happen in terms of guy's career. Um, we can move on here to 14 to the Bears, um, where in real life they went with Kyle Fuller. Um, not an awful pick, um, but I think that they can do a little bit better going with C.J. Mosley here. Yeah, now I have him going number 15, a pick later, to the Steelers. I think they go Kyle Fuller again. Yeah, um, I, I, I like that. As I said, I am going just a couple picks later. Um, we will move right along to 15 to the Steelers, where in real life they went with Ryan Shazier, a guy who has had a terrific career, has been played plagued somewhat by injuries, obviously had that tragic... Plague? Um, Understatement, just so you know. Yeah, um, had that tragic back injury, and almost like barely couldn't walk um so that wasn't good but anyway um I think that they stick with that pick here yeah I have him going a pick later uh, I think you get a safer pick here in linebacker with CJ Mosley yeah I like that um obviously he just he went just one pick earlier for me um we can move right along here to 16 to the Cowboys where I've been going with Telvin Smith yeah, uh, once again, I have him going one pick later. I have the Cowboys selecting Shazier. Uh, once again, despite one horrible injury, he still had a very successful NFL career. Uh, yeah, we can just keep moving on to the 17th pick where I have the Ravens going Calvin Smith, like I just said. Who do you have them selecting? Yeah, I have the Ravens here going with Derek Carr. Um, I, I think maybe does he... Uh, maybe does he have a better career um, instead of being in, uh, let's just say, it, a dysfunctional organization and um, with the Raiders, um, does he have a, a more successful career? Maybe. Um, and we would see what ends up happening um, with the Ravens, with Carr. But anyway, I have them going with uh, Derek Carr here. Yeah. Now, I have the Ravens, um, or we move on. I think that makes sense. Uh, the only problem, or it's not even a problem, but, but we're still only a year, basically, a, a little bit over a year removed from Joe Flacco leading the Ravens to the Super Bowl. Right, and I think in terms of fit, maybe it isn't great, but then again, they they sat there and they talked Lamar Jackson and let him – sit for almost a year under Flacco. Now, I get that it's a different situation given it's um, about five years later, but maybe it continues to happen and maybe the Ravens are just good at developing backup quarterbacks. You never really know. Yeah, they also had Tyra Taylor as a backup right. quarterback. They might still, I guess, maybe in this made-up scenario, I don't know if he's on the Bills yet, but uh, we will move on to the uh, eight. Pick where I have the Jets selecting guy you had going, I think 13 in D4. Yeah, um, I have the Jets here going with a guy you had going at 14 in Kyle Fuller. Um, 
Fuller um, has been solid um, throughout his career. Obviously, he went um, 14 to um, the Bears, has made two Pro Bowls and an All-Pro throughout his career, um, uh, and um, ha- has stayed in in Chicago throughout his whole career. So, a solid career um, overall for Fuller. We will move right along here to 19, to the Dolphins, where in real life they went with Jawan James, a guy I have going um, a little bit later. Um, but I think that they improved their secondary here with this one um, in the second of back-to-back cornerback picks in Malcolm Butler, a guy who will most likely be remembered for one play and one play only, and that will be the pick um, against – or maybe he'll be remembered for a game and a play. The first being winning the Super Bowl for the Patriots with that pick with the infamous Pete Carroll play call um, and the and the pick that will haunt the Seahawks forever. Maybe they should have run the ball. We will never really know. Um, but the other one that I think will make his career basically is the um, game where just – I believe it was um, – it was – Last no, it was um, two years ago where he was sat in the Super Bowl, um, and that w- it was just kind of a you know highest of high, making the game winning pick to the lowest of lows to, to sitting on the bench, and there was a whole thing of that. We never really got an explanation as to why he was sat that game, um, but anyway, who's your um, who's your nineteenth pick here? Yeah, with the nineteenth pick, I have the Dolphins going Joe Batonia. Um, yeah, I like that he goes, um, a little bit later for me, um, not necessarily significantly later, but later nonetheless for me, um, I, we will move right along to 20 to the Saints, where in real life, um, they went with Brandon Cox, and I see no reason to change that, same pick here for me, um, as they go with Brandon Cox. Yeah, I do as well, uh, although Brandon Cox didn't have, like, some crazy success on their team, he was still always good and probably the better the best receiver we've seen on the Saints um, before Michael Thomas this decade. Uh, pretty good. I think this ends up working out pretty much the same way. Yeah. Um, we will move right along here to 21 to the Packers, where I have them going with the safety and the Marcus Joyner. Uh, yeah. I think that makes sense. I have him going later. Uh, I think they go – the Packers go – a receiver here, I think they never really got the receiver uh, until Devontae Adams, especially with Jordan Nelson, sitting out with injuries a lot. I think, obviously, Devontae Adams is off the board. So I think they go with a different receiver here in Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I like that. Jarvis goes um, a little bit later for me. Um, we will move on here, and you can give your next pick. Well, I was just going to say for Jarvis, I think, this ends up actually working out well for him. I think he ends up having a better career with the Packers than with the Dolphins and the Browns just because he's never really had a good quarterback where Aaron Rodgers is clearly a good quarterback. He ended up winning MVP this next year, so I think that is good. Uh, we'll move on to the 22nd pick where the Browns select um, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, yeah, I like that. I've been going with Jawan James here. Yeah, I do not have Jawan James going. I was going to consider him, but then I decided to pass up on him for some other offensive linemen. Uh, I think Jawan James is a pretty good player, so I, I think that makes sense. I think 
Teddy B obviously saves them from not selecting uh from not selecting Johnny Football, which was the pick here, but I think Johnny Football was obviously nothing and, and do the Browns kind of help make his career poor, yes, and maybe Teddy Bridgewater turns into a similar guy just without off the field issues. So maybe this does not work out well anyway, but we will still move on to the twenty third pick where the Chiefs selected D Ford, who is both gone from the board. Uh, but now I think they go their current one of their current receivers in Sammy Watkins. Um yeah, I like that. Watkins goes later for me. Um I have the Chiefs here going with Charles Leno Jr. Okay. Uh yeah, I have him going a bit later. Uh that is a good pick. I think that works. Uh there are um I think he's the best offensive lineman on the board. I have him going slightly later. We this has been a very short episode. We're nearing the last, or we are at the last fourth of this draft. Uh with the twenty fourth pick, I'd be Bengals selecting Malcolm Butler. Um, yeah, I like that. Butler went earlier for me, and as I said, his career will most likely be defined by a play and a game. Um, anyway, I have them. I think they. Um, I think that um, the Bengals um, go with secondary for both of us as I have them going with HaHa Clinton Dix here. Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. And Clinton Dix, I have him going a few picks later. Also, uh, I think Malcolm Butler is a good replacement for Darquise Denard, who never really turned into anything. I mean, when I say replacement, it's a better, you know, it's a better replacement because Darquise Denard was never very good. Um, and you can argue that Malcolm Butler was never that good either, and he just had a extremely clutch play. But, you, I mean, you look at him, and, and he really did not do too much in his career except for get the clutchest pick in Super Bowl history, probably. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll move on to the 25th pick where the Chargers select you, Charles Lino. Uh, yeah, I like that. Two picks earlier for me there for him. Um, here, I think the Chargers go with Devontae Freeman, running back out of Florida State University. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think Devontae Freeman goes a bit later in mine. Uh, I think this ends up actually working out with the Chargers, who, like, key running backs, and correct me if I'm wrong, were, like, uh, Ryan Woodhead, or Ryan Matthews and Danny Woodhead, uh, and then, like, Donald Brown, so not the most stacked uh, class of running backs. So I think this pick ends up helping them. Uh, right. For me, uh, we will move on to the 26th pick, where the Eagles are on the clock. Now, I think they go secondary here. Uh, in real life, they went with uh, – in real life, they went with uh, – sorry uh, – I, I, they go hot with Clinton Dix. In real life, they went Marcus Smith, who, not going to lie, don't know if he did anything important in the NFL. I do not think he did. Uh, he never really even recorded many stats, only 38 total tackles in five years. Uh, that's pretty bad. Anyway, I think this is a big upgrade. Who do you have the Eagles selecting? Yeah, I have the Eagles here going with Jarvis Landry, a guy I believe you had going earlier, 21 to the Packers. Um, I think Jarvis ends up um, helping the Eagles, um, as unfortunate as that is for me as a Giants fan. 
Um, I think maybe he pairs well with the likes of Deshaun Jackson uh, and, and others. Um, we will move right along here to 27 to the Cardinals. Dylan noted um, earlier that this has been a short episode, but it'll just leave, I guess, more time for uh, what if. So that's the good thing that comes out of this. And I do want to talk about one more slight thing after that. Anyway, um, we will move on here to 27 to the Cardinals, where I have the Cardinals here going with Eric Ebron. I actually do as well. Another one that we agree on. I think the Cardinals, who were never really particularly good at tight end in this decade, or at least especially after 2014. So I think this is a very good pick. Yeah. Um, we will move right along here to 28, to the Panthers, where I have them going with Joel Batonia. Uh, yeah, I obviously had him going a lot earlier. I think the Panthers also go linemen and select Trey Turner. Um, yeah, I like that. Turner was my quote-unquote best cut, if you will. Um, I think you could easily make the argument for him to go. Um, I traded him for basically another offensive lineman um, that I have going later that you guys will see in just a few minutes. Anyway, we'll move right along here to 29 to the Patriots. Um, um, I have the Patriots here going with um, Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think... That is logical. I have him going slightly later. I think they go defense here, considering we saw major struggles on defense at the middle around the middle of this decade. I think they go Stefan to it from Notre Dame. Yeah, I like that. Um, Dylan, do you want to rally off uh, what have been the previous picks in real life here? Yes. Uh, so with the 27th pick, the Cardinals selected uh, – uh, Dion Buchanan, who is not good, but decent. Uh, with the 28th pick, the Panthers selected Calvin Benjamin, who was good for a year and then terrible. Uh, and then the Patriots selected Dominique Easley. Um, yeah, now we will move on to um, 30 to the 49ers, where um, I think the Niners should go with Sammy Watkins. Now, in real life, they went with Jimmy Ward, um, who... I don't know, has been eh throughout his career, um, I guess. Uh, never really did anything huge in his career, but was never awful. Um, who do you have going here at 30? Yeah, at 30, I have the Niners selecting Marcus Joyner, a guy you had going 21 to the Packers. A very solid player, and he could help the Niners. Defense, who at the time was pretty stacked. Yeah. Okay, uh, last two picks, I have the Broncos at 31, selecting Devontae Freeman. And although at running back, no, Sean Marino was a pretty good option at the time, he kind of disappeared soon after, so I think this is a helpful pick. Yeah, um, here at um, 31, I have the Broncos going with Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you had him going 22 to the Browns. Um and I think we can wrap it up and then move on to what-if scenarios. Yeah. Last pick, I think the Vikings will select a guy who kind of would be helpful in a pretty terrible receiving core for a while until Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen became stars. I think they select Allen Robinson. Um, yeah. Um, I like that. Obviously, um, Robinson went earlier for me. Um, here to close things out, I have the Vikings going with Andrew Norwell. Yeah, he was my 
second best cut after Jawan James. I think he is a very solid player and it would have helped the Vikings. I just think Allen Robinson would be a slightly better pick if he was on the board. Uh, but yeah, that wraps it up, guys. Uh, we can go on to what if scenarios. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yep. Uh, you want to start us off with the what if scenario? Um, yeah, this is um, in um, a not as great one, but one that just kind of comes to mind here. Um, if the um, if the Giants go with Jake Matthews here, um, as I am prioritizing the Giants, um, if the Giants go with Jake Matthews and never go with Odell, do you think that they end up in a better position long term? No. Okay. No. Uh, I think I think that they um, potentially do, and here's why: because I think maybe um, I think. Because well, Odell is undoubtedly a better player than Jake Matthews. Um, I think, I think it a kickstarts the rebuild. Um, and b it, it never the falling out never happens with Odell. And quite frankly, we never really needed Odell because the the Giants really never did anything post twenty fourteen. So I think if we're if you're looking towards the future, because the two thousand sixteen. I mean, it didn't really matter. Well, it was, you know, a glimmer of hope for the future, but it, it really didn't um, matter. Obviously, Odell had a great year, but I think that that year, um, I think that it, it potentially does put them in a little bit of better of the situation. Maybe Eli holds up a little bit better, um, and their offensive line in general is just improved uh, because I think, I think Odell really was, it, it, looking back, didn't have a ton of, value and didn't add a ton of value to the Giants yeah I completely agree in that sense I just think especially when we look at 2016 Odell was kind of the reason they were winning games a lot of times uh but I but I think either way is a good answer I just don't think that necessarily helps them particularly more long term uh next what if scenario uh of the three quarterbacks we have being selected uh which one fares the most on their new teams um Asked on their new team. Yeah, I think that um, it would probably be, um, you know, it would probably be um, either Carr or Bridgewater because I think that they both get to learn under solid guys, um, Carr and Joe Flacco and Bronk and um, Teddy B and Peyton Manning. Um, so I, I would go with either one of those two. Yeah. Now. None of these in the Rams, the Browns, and the Jags are really going into good backup quarterback situations. But I think I'm going to have to give it to Derek Carr because I think before this year or before this year's Super Bowl run, you say you tell me and say Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G, and I'm not making an argument necessarily. I, I think it's completely fair. And I don't think the Rams is a better situation necessarily, but, but I think it ends up working out. You have more offensive weapons, and I think you – to potentially see more team success than the Jags, and that definitely helps you. So I think that is my reasoning. Uh, we will move on uh, to a few more what-if scenarios, not necessarily more, or not necessarily a bunch more, but does Odell um, does Odell really become a, like a, a mess, a character, a, a man with character issues, a cancer, a, 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 a everything 
poorly about being off the field. Um, does does he become that in Tampa Bay, or was it really just because of like the bright lights of New York and and that whole situation? Um, uh, no, I, I think if a guy is going to have character issues, I think he's going to have character issues, no matter where he goes. Um, I think. Maybe is it a little bit less in Tampa Bay because it's not the bright lights of New York City? Potentially, but I think he's also a top 10 pick in that, in your scenario then. So I think, I think that only, you know, boosts his ego more, as I talked about, um, as I, when I had him being picked to the Jacks. Right, I agree. Um, I, I think once a cancer, always a cancer. Anyway, uh, we will move on. Uh, I have... Not that many more. I think one more. Does Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt become the greatest defensive tandem? Just, like, two players we've ever seen. Or one of them. I'm not saying the best. Like, like we saw J.J. Watt this next year come out, uh, win Defensive Player of the Year. And Aaron Donald, if I'm not mistaken, won Defensive Rookie of the Year, which is right. kind of monstrous. Or monstrous. I can't talk. But, but you know what I mean? Uh, I think that is pretty good. Yeah, I, I think that it definitely is. Um, I think it becomes definitely. Um, I think it becomes the best D line tandem we've ever seen. Maybe not overall the best defensive tandem we've ever seen, but right, right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, that basically um, wraps this one up. I mean, you can do a outro, and if you have any more what if scenarios, I personally don't. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, actually, there is one more thing I want to touch on. It is not a what-if scenario, um, although it does relate to the Giants. Um, and and we um, touched on this, and we talked about it um, really last episode, um, but more information has come out um, on the DeAndre Baker situation. Now, things just got okay. even more complicated. So um, what happened basically – was so it, it, the um both players who were um who were arrested were Quentin Dunbar and um and DeAndre Baker as we talked about now um Quentin Dunbar's lawyer yesterday um posted a video on social media and claimed um of of I don't know of um a bunch of um guys gambling and he claims that one of the people in the video was um was um was DeAndre Baker. So this only put DeAndre Baker in in more hot water, but then things we've only got more complicated. Um then DeAndre Baker's lawyer came out and said that um DeAndre Baker was playing Madden at the time of this video. Um and he had and he can prove it because he was logged into the account for the game. So Baker is basically now going to sue Quentin Dunbar's lawyer for tens of millions of dollars. And things just got even more complicated. So basically, so to give you guys the whole situation of the story, if you guys didn't listen to the previous episode, DeAndre Baker was in Florida and was arrested on counts of armed robbery. Those cases, those counts were dismissed as he was proven innocent. And then this came out yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty insane. Um, I think this is a questionable or a questionable situation as it is. I think even with this gambling, not scan, I guess we'll call it a scandal now, 
this next situation. It's not necessarily helping DeAndre Baker's case. Uh, he's still kind of in hot water no matter what the situation is. So I, I don't think this is huge for DeAndre Baker. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, um, I think it only um, puts more question marks next to Baker's name. But anyway, um, I just wanted to touch on that as it relates to the Giants. But, uh, yeah, that will wrap things up here. Um, we will be back tomorrow or the G-Men Journal won't be back tomorrow, but the DW podcast will be back tomorrow talking about the 2014 NBA draft. You still, you can talk about the 2014 NBA draft. Yeah, this is not a particularly special draft class. Um, probably or definitely better than 2013. Um, and you could argue better than 2012 and 2010. I personally am not 100% sure, but but it's a decent class. Uh, not as fun as this draft class. This was a fun one. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you can just wrap yeah. it up real quickly. Uh, just, yeah. All right, so, uh, Dill, thank you for coming on, and um, I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening and continue to tune in to all of these redrafts. And I will talk to you guys um, Sunday um, as we will do the 2015 NFL draft. So I will talk to you guys then. But for now, um, we will talk to you guys later.